Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Chef. Hey, everybody. Crystal. Hey there. And Ashley. Hey. And today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're going to be discussing a question we get all the time as a curriculum company, and that is, should middle school and high school environments be separate or combined in ministry? Man, at the Crystal? F- <laughs> yes, hello. Um, gosh, as the high school person, selfishly, I'm like, yeah, I think they should be separated because when middle schoolers show up, high schoolers aren't. Okay. And especially as they get older, they stop showing up. In the first church where I was volunteering, I felt like every, I don't know, maybe every six months or every year, somebody got the bright idea that we would either separate them or combine them. (laughs) Whatever was happening, we had to do something (laughs) different. Every time we combined them, it was less logistically complicated and more relationally complicated. And we lost high schoolers every single time. But didn't you find in a smaller church context that when you have them combined, there's a, a sense of energy that comes from having more numbers. Mm-hmm. Does that was, did you find that to be the case in the times that you guys were combined? Did no. that improve? I mean, that was always the motivating factor, right. right? Especially as you have a smaller group of students, you get as many bodies in the room yeah, as, as you possible can to fill up the room to yeah. create energy and middle schoolers create 17 times the amount of energy. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's what's yeah. so beautiful about them. <clears throat> no, it always creates more energy. Yeah. But at the same time, then you have moms who call and say, hey, my sixth grade daughter was talking to a 12th grade boy when Mm -hmm. I picked her up tonight. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, terrible. I feel terrible about that. I have no idea what to do with it. Yeah. So, Ash. Yes. You're the middle school person, but you also, and you worked at um, a very large church and not as large church, although it was still a pretty big church, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Um, What do you think? I mean, I, of course, I think these should be separate because I think middle school students are asking different questions mm-hmm. and um, their needs are different. The way you communicate to them is different. Their attention span is different. Their behaviors are different. <laughs> their smells are different. Yeah. <laughs> so real. Um, their smells are the same. They're just not bathed. So. Either not they, covered yeah, in deodorant. Covered <laughs> yeah. Or they're covered in too, too much. much. <laughs> That's Axe true. body spray. I think that if they're, okay, so this is so easy for me to say, yes, I think they should be separate if I'm thinking like based on developmental age, because I think it's so easy when a middle school and a high school group is combined that you almost miss the opportunity to minister to middle school students where they are, because Mm -hmm. your focus is always going to lean towards the The older older. kids in the room Mm -hmm. if you don't want them to leave, of course. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, But I also know that what it takes to actually split the environments yeah. is a lot of people, a lot mm. of space, a lot of money, yeah. resources. Yeah. And that's just not reality for a lot of churches. Right. right. Yeah. I think you're saying to somebody who has limited space, double it, and limited resources, right? double it, and limited volunteers, double them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up in a church of about 45 people, including the kids and everything else. So had yeah. we split them, you know, the yeah. two of us would be in separate rooms or you know, <laughs> some Sundays or, or however yeah. it was. But I remember, you know, being moved to the student room and there right. were two rooms downstairs and a nursery upstairs, like in the basement, mm-hmm. city yeah. block, you know, stuff. And um, just what it was like to be in the room with those older 
kids and then it was my dad volunteer you know who was you know who had stepped in and then we moved to a huge church which Mm -hmm. uh, I think there were you know like 200 or 300 people there on a Sunday Mm -hmm. which was huge to me then Um, and it it is a big church it's a you know a very big church for the average I guess Um, and we had our own youth group of um, I believe it it was still middle school and high Mm -hmm. school but again, volunteer youth pastors, mm-hmm. and they did their best to handle the range of kids in the room. But, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, Crystal, like mm-hmm. sixth grade boys and 12 year old girl or 12, 12th grade girls. Right. Very um, different. Yeah. Well, and sixth grade girls, sixth grade boys and sixth grade girls, mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 12th grade girls, obviously. But, um, but then I went to North Point, you know, where I, we had enough kids to do that mm-hmm. and have separate even rooms, which mm-hmm. was you know, great in a lot of ways. Um, and what you're saying, Ash is exactly right. Like I could speak to them, you know, Mm -hmm. in fact, there were, there were parts of me, like if I had all the money and time in the world, I'd probably pull fourth and fifth grade out, you know, or sixth grade by itself. Yeah. I think fifth and sixth grade I might pull out or maybe just Mm -hmm. six by itself, which Mm -hmm. we tried actually for a season at North point and, um, it worked great. But when we went to other campuses, it wasn't something that we could really keep up. I mean, it's just got so expensive. So in reality, we could make that argument. So we're just in this tension of, you know, what do you do? I mean, I talk to folks all the time who work in churches where they didn't build a separate youth room Mm -hmm. because they have one youth room and they're going to meet on another day of the week, you Mm -hmm. know, um, or they staff is really tough, right? Right. Or they just have one youth room. And (laughs) so it's a decision not to serve somebody during, you know, what Mm -hmm. might be an ideal time. Obviously money is an issue. And then just numbers are an issue. Like Mm -hmm. if there are just 10 of you or six of you, then, you know, what do you do? But to your point, Crystal, you're in attention. Mm -hmm. Like if there are 10 of you, but only four of you show up because, you know, mm-hmm. the four young kids show up because the older mm-hmm. ones don't want to hang out. Then what do you do? It's a real, I mean, it's tough. Do you feel like there is a number that's kind of like the critical mass number? Like once your ministry, either size ministry or either middle school or high school gets to this number, then you should separate. Well, I do actually think there's mm-hmm. a critical a number, but I also think. Depends we, on the size room. It Well, <laughs> yeah. yes and no, but yeah. I mean. I feel like, you know, a ministry doesn't have to be, you know, worship and uh, it can be just folks sitting in a room and talking. I mean, that right. that's mm-hmm. that's realistic or playing games or whatever you've got. You've got to yeah. make it work. But I feel like um, it's not necessarily, again, for the model, it depends. But really for relationships, I think it depends. Yes. And for me, that's where I define the number. Right. I feel like you start with genders. Mm-hmm. Because you need, as the, for students, you need to have separate groups based on genders. Mm-hmm. And if you have two kids and an adult, that's a group. Right. And if you have one girl and an adult, that's a group. But I would, the first question I would ask her is, do you have any friends you can bring yeah, so that we, right. can, yeah. we can begin to have some community or whatever it is? But you start with gender. And then hopefully as you get older or as you, as you grow and as people feel more connected to the relationship, they come more often, which means your attendance goes up and you've got more kids in the room. The next split I think then is middle and high school. Mm -hmm. So you have four groups, a middle school boys group, a high school boys group, a middle school girls group, a high school girls group, or Mm -hmm. you have a middle school girls group and a high school girls group and just one guy's group because you know, whatever you need to do to separate it, Mm -hmm. um, there because the discussions are just going to be different. And from there, 
you know, you so just that's have assuming to make your you decisions. could, you could have one talk being given to both. Well, and I and think then, there's a thousand ways right. to solve that problem. Yeah. You know, I, I did some work with a church in South Africa. They weren't big enough to have separate environments. Um, but what they would do is, um, they would have worship together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that there was critical mass in the room. You know, I think the idea of critical mass with students is a legitimate strategy. Kids want kids in the room. And then they'd separate out into middle and high school for the talk. And the thing about, you know, that church was they understood something is that um, many churches I actually work with can't get past was that you can actually find volunteers to do the talk. Or to, to, you know, if you can find good content, you can actually have some folks do the talk in mm-hmm. separate rooms. And so, you know, they'd be looking at 10, 12, 15 kids mm-hmm. and, and the talks were similar. But as you were saying, Ash, mm-hmm. answering different questions. And then they split into small groups yeah. from there. So that's one way they tackled it. I've seen mm-hmm. churches who go during service, they go to worship together and then mm-hmm. leave the back okay. of the mm-hmm. room and then separate into I mean, there's mm-hmm. just a thousand yeah. different ways to approach it. The, I think the point is, is it important enough to you mm-hmm. strategically to, to think about it and mm-hmm. try to come up with mm-hmm. ways to, to reach different kids in different ways? Okay. The first church that I was on staff at, um, we gathered on a weekly basis separate, like middle school and high school, okay. but we would always do our events together mm-hmm. okay. um, when I first came on. Yeah. And so like summer camps or the, whether you call it D now or right. whatever that kind of weekend mm-hmm. is for you, um, we always did it the same weekend because as you know, events are so expensive mm-hmm. and the amount of yeah. volunteers you need to pull it off and renting space or whatever it is. Just the bus makes it worth it to come by. Yeah. I know, right. And so when we were trying, we were wrestling with this question, like when do we, so we're split in our environments on a weekly basis, but when do we split our events? Mm. Like what is, how do you know? And so we started experimenting actually with it before we actually made the split was it was the same weekend. We called it weekend 180 Mm -hmm. and it was the same weekend, except the middle school and high school ministries had different schedules. So like Mm -hmm. when the high school had large group, the middle school was eating. And then when high school went to small group, middle school went to large group, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it was like a logistical headache. Yes. (laughs) Like getting everything (laughs) in place. Oh my goodness. But it really helped us figure out if we're going to invest these finances to do separate events, will it work? Mm -hmm. You know, so, but that's a good way to do it. It is more complicated and you do have to plan on the front end, but the resources Mm -hmm. and the time Mm -hmm. is still, you know, the weekend's still done and two Mm -hmm. separate. I don't know. You can have the same band there. Yeah. Yeah. You can have the same production people there. And I've seen some churches take that same rotating approach to Sundays where you're feeding middle schoolers while high schoolers are worshiping and then middle schoolers go to small group, high schoolers walk into worship or high schoolers go to small group and middle schoolers walk into worship Mm -hmm. and high schoolers eat on the back end, like that sort of thing. And I always think that's impressive and you've probably got somebody really organized on your staff to figure out that rotating schedule. You know, the other thing I've seen is just using high schoolers to serve on, you know, in the mornings while you have something for the middle. I mean, I think... The fact that you can drive mm-hmm. is important as far as when is the best time right. to have mm-hmm. your environments. Again, if you have mm-hmm. no youth room, you know, at the church, it's hard to um, it's hard to do that. But again, I've seen churches who they contact the coffee shop down the street, you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. parents drop their 
middle schoolers off at the coffee shop and then yeah. come to church and they have just found different ways to do it. I've seen churches in industrial parks mm-hmm. um, who have talked to the business next door who doesn't have anything going mm-hmm. on on Sunday morning and that they've used some space over there. So, I mean, people who really want to do this can get creative and make it happen. I think about the importance of the influence of a high school student in the life of a middle schooler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an That's adult, true. the mm-hmm. age gap that exists between an adult and a middle school student can only be filled by a high school student, I think. Yeah. And I, it's just, for me, from the middle school side, I, I desperately want it to be an environment where high school students can be present. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair for a high school student if it's also their gathering yeah. to expect them to be pouring into the middle school students. But we really need them there. It's yeah. funny. I was thinking the flip side of that is nothing has been more beneficial to the discipleship of the high schoolers I serve than serving as middle school small group leaders. It just takes them to a whole new place, mm-hmm. a whole new level of responsibility. I had one just a few weeks ago say to me, um, hey, I need to share something with the group that I've been holding back because I want to be an example to the sixth graders I serve. Wow. I can't tell them to be open and honest with their group if I'm not open and honest with my wow. group. Mm. And when I got done crying, I said, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But that is awesome. You know, I love it. I mean, with the, we, we did that at our um, church that I just left, except for one service. We would have the high schoolers serve in the morning and their environment was in the afternoon. And I loved high school small group yeah. leaders. They were often some of the best ones. Mm-hmm. And then, you yeah, know, what was really cool. <laughs> well, we actually got picky. We would, you know, we treated them like adults and yeah, if they would awesome. not show up, they were fired, you know, and people took it seriously because we would actually have more people who wanted to be eventually. It took a while to, to get there. Eventually. Yeah. But you know, I can hardly even, I mean, my favorite thing to hear was when an eighth grader would leave and we wouldn't let ninth graders be small group leaders. We would have 10th graders start with sixth graders so that they mm-hmm. would I mean, think about the vision cast just in this Mm -hmm. statement. We have you start with sixth graders. So when you graduate, you can finish with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now think about in this country, how many seniors are finishing their programs. In fact, one of the last stats I pulled when I left North Point was how many 10th graders who started with sixth grade groups finished compared to how many 10th graders who weren't just were in the ministry finished. Mm -hmm. As far as active. Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know what it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. It was below 60%. We're still active. I mean, they still showed up every once Mm -hmm. in a while. We're still active. Some of them showed up once in a while. Some were long gone. And it was almost 90% finished who started with a sixth grade group. Whoa. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, And just to your point, though. How much had, did their, not were they just engaged, but how much did their faith change? I mean, right. I don't know if you, you guys feel this way, but when I was a teacher, after I taught a lesson, I still remember equations. I can tell you the mm-hmm. equation, you know, for the gravitational pull between two masses right now. I, because I taught it. I mean, I haven't, taught, I haven't taught it in like 15 years, yeah. but, you know, um, but I can, but I can mm-hmm. tell that to you, you know, and, um. Teaching something, especially when putting, you know, kids Mm -hmm. in charge. I mean, and when kids ask questions, I'm telling you, it's just a really big deal. And, you know, they they just learn so much. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, that reminds me of the, this, uh, what was that called, Ash? The protege effect you talked Mm -hmm. about this year on Orange Tour. Can you tell us what that is? Um, It was a bunch of studies that were done. And the one that stuck out to me the most was they studied the IQ of the oldest child in the family compared to their younger siblings. And I am not sharing this because I'm an oldest child. 
I'm the third of four. And so this I'm does not shout. work to my advantage. <laughs> me too. Please tell. Sarah? Middle. Or, okay. So you and me are on the same page. Oh, yeah. So they studied the IQ of the oldest child. And what they found over and over again was that the oldest child's IQ was higher than the siblings. What? And they linked it back <laughs> To the fact that the oldest child had, I know. I, can we take this off cut? <laughs> this is you're you're totally the exception. I mean, in your, I mean, you I know. haven't met my older sister. <laughs> well, but they traced it back to the fact that the oldest child had to teach the younger siblings how to yeah. do things and explain their homework to them. And yeah. what it did things was your sister never did for you, right? So. Clearly, <laughs> but it helped them retain the information they were learning because they did yeah. something with it. That's true. I mean, I see that with my own kids. My oldest teaching my own. I guess that's interesting. So we're saying back, I mean, Mm -hmm. the podcast that having high school and middle school separate gives us this opportunity to engage high schoolers in service, Yeah, which is a, yeah, for me, that's one of the most compelling reasons to separate. I think Brown says you move what you're learning from your head to your heart through your hands. And it's so true. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I like what you said, Chef, too. You don't have to create completely separate ministries from the get-go. That if Even if you just start with separate small groups, because then you can start having uh-huh. the discussions and you can have, ask the kinds of questions that are going to relate more to a middle schooler than a right. high schooler. So that you start there. It doesn't have to be this super overwhelming task. Right. Of creating two different things. Well, we run into that when we're, we try to have our series aligned between middle and high school so we, that a parent, you know, as much as we can, yeah. a parent can have similar conversations, but the mm-hmm. reality is the needs are quite different. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. the, you know, sexual integrity series, right. mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about with middle schoolers, you know, um, is applicable to high schoolers, mm-hmm. but we've got to go much more into the dating stuff for the mm-hmm. older kids. And I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are lots of differences, but in, in with, we are in middle school back at my old job, we used to pull just sixth grade out separately. Mm-hmm. And we would talk to them about just, you know, some real general, well, I, I can't even say general stuff. It was important stuff. Yeah. But I just feel like everything is getting pushed back so far that that's now a conversation that needs to happen in the fourth and fifth grade just in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And sixth graders need to hear what our seventh and eighth graders yeah. need to hear. Well, that's an interesting point, too, that even if you have to have combined ministries, if there are some series that it is worth separating them out, even yeah. if it's not a permanent separation. Sarah, I I really liked the way you put it as you were talking about all the different ways to make this happen. Because I think sometimes the way we talk about separating our ministries, it sounds like there's only two options, A or B, separate Mm -hmm. or combined. Right. That's it. And that's really not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's separate with combined small groups or or combined with separate small groups. There's so many iterations of how this can happen. I don't know that it helps us to label ourselves as I'm separate or right. I'm combined. Yeah. Right. I remember uh, the first church I was on staff at, we had a student ministry staff. So our staff wasn't separate, mm-hmm. but we had on the student ministry team, we had someone who was you know, thinking middle school and someone else who was thinking high school. Right. And when we would plan services from a programming standpoint, or even a small group leader standpoint, we would plan totally different You know, if middle yeah. and high school were going to be in the room, as opposed to if it was just going to be middle school, right? Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, it's kind of how we function here when as chef, you were saying the way that we create series, yeah. Crystal, we have conversations all the time about like what component does middle school mm-hmm. need that high school probably doesn't need, right. you mm-hmm. know, or we'll even be talking about the same topic and we look at each other and we're like, uh, we're probably gonna have to go different yeah. angles on this mm-hmm. just yeah. because of where they are. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we just have total different series because uh-huh. we, we needed, you needed to. Yeah. So. 
But that's even good what you said, Chef, and, and that you that church I think you said in South Africa had mm-hmm. learned that you you can have volunteers give your talks or Oh yeah. Like for our curriculum that we do, we offer video communicators at times so that you don't have to feel the pressure to be learning two different messages right. every single time you're in fact I used to tell people all the time, it's easier to find a communicator than it is to find a good small group leader. Boy, Ooh. that's true though. But everybody yeah. wants to be the communicator yeah. and everybody practices those things. And if you give them good notes and they know the kids, they can yeah. do a good job. I mean and but to find someone who's committed to small group leaders over time, that's, that's hard. a tougher mm-hmm. job. Yet we focus point. mostly on the program, right? One of the coolest so. middle school environments I have ever seen was this middle school, like basically a church decided to split and they gave middle school a room that was entirely too small for them. So it's already a challenge. And the youth pastor said, you know, they have such short attention spans at this age that I don't want them to sit in a cramped environment too long. So he put four, instead of one large stage at the front, he put four small stages in each corner and had a different communicator pop up on those stages. The maximum amount of time they were facing one direction was seven minutes. And usually it was every four minutes a communicator popped up on a different stage and then your communicators were only bound to a four minute talk. Yeah. It's like Ted talk. It, is. it was so cool. <laughs> uh, and yeah. the kids were like turning around the whole yeah. time. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. But that was such a middle school specific environment. I, I just thought it was a great reason to separate for them. That's yeah. awesome. So it seems that for the most part, if everyone had the budget and the space and the people, we would separate them out. But what would be the motivations for wanting to keep them together? How would that be a positive? That's what you said, right? It's, it's budget and space and volunteers. Yeah. It is, I think, sometimes easier for the ninth grade parent who also has a seventh grade child. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you're true. showing that up is one time at church. You're dropping them off one time for at church parents, and picking them sure. up. Or if you've got a 12th grade child... Mm-hmm. And an eighth grade child, then one can drive the other. It creates a whole different set of issues for parents, I think, yeah. when we separate out. Well, That's I mean, when we made the decision to have a separate high school ministry and that we wanted high schoolers to serve in the morning, and then we put the high school program at night in Atlanta, where it takes a minimum of 40 <laughs> minutes to get anywhere, mm-hmm. there was a hit. From eighth to ninth grade, there was a... Mm-hmm. A hit in attendance yeah. and ninth graders don't drive. So now they're dependent on someone else to get them somewhere in a place where it's hard to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and the Falcons are on TV. So the, <laughs> right. your driver now is, you know, not wanting to go anywhere. So th- th- that definitely is a hit. So I could see that as a reason to try to come up with yeah. another plan. I know one interesting thing, uh, church in Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, Athens church, they uh, took over an old um, strip mall, which was interesting. And they, and, and probably very few churches have this problem, but they had a ton of unused space, which was interesting, <laughs> oh, wow. you know? And so they were having the problem of getting high school kids to come, um, huh. back in the afternoon, mm-hmm. but they also loved the idea of having high school kids serve. And so they took a hunk of this space and that very unfinished, very cheaply just mm-hmm. created a place to hang out because again, the number one thing kids want are other kids. And then mm-hmm. they do, they have two services, which mm-hmm. I love two services, whether you're full or not, because mm-hmm. that yeah. allows someone to serve. You can serve and That's go to good. church on the morning. Um, and once that happened, they had high school and middle school services separate. Mm-hmm. But the point wasn't, it was, it wasn't expensive. It was, I mean, it was more expensive, Yeah. but simultaneously. So a high school kid could come serve and get their um, group environment 
in the mornings because it's so hard to get mm -hmm. anywhere and it's, mm -hmm. it's working from what I understand. Yeah. So those okay. of you with too much space, there's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> All three of you. Right. right. Well, I think anytime you can run back-to-back -back services, though, whether it's middle school and high school or right. middle school and children's or adults and high school, yeah. anytime right. you're running back-to-back, -back, you're giving families a chance to show up one time yep. yeah. and you're not forcing them to go home, have lunch, take a nap, wake up and come right. back. Well, I think that's so. a good thing. Before they got to this, they had middle school one hour and high school one hour so that you could do both, but they outgrew mm -hmm. it because it was so popular, mm -hmm. which was great. And then it was like, what do we do? And yeah. so that was their next. So cool phase. I think another reason maybe people would see keeping them together mm -hmm. as a benefit, I'm thinking of youth pastors out there who are maybe bivocational right. and they're volunteering to lead this youth ministry. Their capacity is, you know, limited. Yeah. I mean, their time is limited. And so I understand from, if you're thinking the youth pastor's point of view, right. just energy, simple energy wise, mm -hmm. um, why that might be the way that, you know, the direction they lean. Yeah. And I do think there's some value also in seventh graders seeing ninth graders yeah. worship. I think there's some value in, yeah. you know, eighth graders seeing 12th graders worship. There's yeah. some, which some is why to role model situations that, which happen. is why having high school students in middle school ministry works oh, it's in great. the same yes. way. Yeah. But I get what you mean. So it really feels like there are pros and cons to both. But if you had to give an answer to the question we came in asking is, should middle school and high school environments be combined, what would you say? I mean, I would say, and, and maybe if you're listening, you've picked up on this, we all are a little biased toward right. separate. And in, in a lot of ways, that just comes out of the research we did a few years ago with the phase project that just pointed out all of the differences developmentally with where a middle schooler is and where a high schooler is, and then if you throw gender in there, I mean, mm -hmm. where a sixth grade boy yeah. is compared to where an eighth grade or ninth grade girl is, it's just light years apart. Right. And I think you have, um, not only do you have distinct challenges at those ages, but you also have some distinct opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna miss them if you're trying to teach to the middle. Right. Which mm -hmm. is why I think anytime you have um, combined environment and you're only doing a one-size-fits-all message, you're going to lose your 6th graders and your 12th well, graders. Yeah. There is no one-size. There yeah. is no one-size-fits-all. Right. And so, um, but like we said today, I don't think that the answer is, oh, you have to have a completely separate ministry. It's not a question of separate or combined. It's a question of developmentally appropriate or not. And there are a lot of ways to accomplish being mm -hmm. developmentally yeah. appropriate. I think that's So what are point. some of those ways? That, how would you know if you're developmentally appropriate for middle school or high school? That's a long answer, but I would, I would say that the, the, the start of that is, have you considered it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, Make I think this aware. is less about separate programs and more about in your mind, do you believe yeah. that these are two separate audiences? And then you've got to figure out the best way to speak to both those audiences with the situation that you're looking at, yep. right. at your church. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's, that's your leadership opportunity, right. right? I mean, leaders solve problems, right? So that's your problem. I've got to, you've got to, one, you've got to believe their two audiences and two, you've got to figure out how to serve them best mm -hmm. with the resources you have. If mm -hmm. that's a lot of resources or a lot of space, great. You're going to have more problems to solve right. based mm -hmm. on yeah. that. How yeah. are we going to staff it? How are we going to do all these other things? When are we going to do those things? If you don't have the resources to have it separate or you don't even have a room and everybody meets Wednesday night, mm -hmm. then figure out the best way, whether it's 
separate programs, rotating in and out, doing mm-hmm. worship together, separating for talks. What I mean, a tent outside, a tent outside, <laughs> like the greatest showman, a coffee <laughs> shop. You know, I mean, home groups, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, do the best you can. Yeah. I saw this uh, church that had the problem of not enough space, and I thought it was so fascinating. In their children's ministry, they had 700 kids and 200 adult attenders. So that's fascinating. And in order to deal with the space challenge, they just invited everybody who owned a minivan to park their minivan in the parking lot, and small groups met in minivans. I love this so much. (laughs) It's like the drive-in movie theater, but... I thought it was so creepy. It sounds kind of creepy. Hey, children. But it doesn't have to be creepy at all. Just do your background checks. Just yeah. all for kids. <laughs> background checks no matter what. The van, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That was very innovative. <laughs> Super innovative. I've seen... Um, Resourceful. Yeah. Where did I see it? Uh, the churches are meeting in schools. They set up tents. I've seen okay. tents oh, used yeah, I have, in separate, I have seen that. you know, yeah. that's been interesting. I've seen people build these sliding walls that come out and mm-hmm. separate rooms the best they can, <laughs> you know, just work with what you can work with. It's mm-hmm. good. Thanks for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make this podcast better. And finally, for more great resources, check out the show notes for this episode and learn more about the student curriculum and strategy we're all a part at Orange. Visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.